The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. to this week's episode of Spin the Rally Pod, brought to you in association with EA Sports WRC, which means me, Luke Barry, I'm joined by two far more interesting, and I dare say in-demand gentlemen at the moment, John Armstrong and Ross Gehring. John, we'll start with you. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Luke. Thank you. Uh, it, uh, it's been a, a busy period for us, like you said. We've uh, released the game. It's all been... Uh, going really well and so exciting now to see uh, everyone got their hands on the game and then really enjoying it. Ross, it's your second appearance on the podcast as well. Great to have you back. As John has just said, it's been quite a busy few weeks since we last spoke to you. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Um, thanks for thanks for having us back. It uh, it makes a nice change to, to sit down and, uh, and, and have a bit of a chat rather than uh, the 100 miles an hour uh, that we've been uh, dealing with during launch. So today we are here to talk about a little bit more on the vehicle side, I guess, of this game, because it's not something we've managed to get too deep into in our initial podcast we did a few weeks ago around the launch of the game. I guess specifically two aspects to this, gentlemen. There's the builder mode and the historic cars in the game, because I think with any rally game, as we all know, the stages and the graphics and the physics can be amazing but it's no use if you haven't got the cool cars to go with it. And I think one of the most novel things with this game, and I'm embarrassed to actually say this, I've not actually tried it yet, believe it or not, is the builder mode. Um, Ross, I'll come to you, and I'm going to preface this with my apology, first of all. The reason I haven't tried it is because I've been too desperate to try every single random stage and car combination (laughs) that is there. And there are quite a few to get through, I'll be honest, quite a few. But Ross, I guess for those that don't know, first of all, in in a bit of a nutshell, what is Builder Mode? Well, Builder Mode is is a player's chance to build their own rally car to modern competition specs. Uh, in the same way that we saw um, the late great Colin McRae um, go about building his own or starting to build his own rally car, the McRae R4, we wanted to kind of put that power into players' hands, and um, that was really the inspiration um, for it. Was was exactly that the work that Colin had done with um, uh, DJM, the uh, the car builder, and we we wanted to give players the chance to to craft something that would handle exactly how they wanted it to um and then allow them to to go out on stage and compete against all the all the licensed vehicles so when um, what we do is we allow you to to create a rally one two or three vehicle and kind of from scratch guide you through the process by uh, asking you what you want the chassis layout to be um, what mechanical components you want to use uh, before moving on to a, a, a whole bunch of um, visual customizations, and um, yeah, that that's it in a nutshell, really. John, you're obviously a, a driver at the minute that drives cars that are made for you, not ones that you can build yourself. But as a rally driver, I guess, how cool is this for you to come into a game and 
build a car without the sort of real life struggles of parts that may be working or obviously the obvious financial cost to it how fun is it to have this sort of effectively a blank sheet of paper where you can design your own rally car yeah i think it's it's really interesting for for fans of the sport or if you're you're into your video games to be able to go and create your own rally car it's not something i think that's ever been done before and uh yeah it's it's just so cool to be able to customize every part and uh as Ross said, you know, you start off by choosing the, the car class, whether that's Rally 1, Rally 2, Rally 3. Uh, then you can choose where the engine is placed, and that has a big influence on the the characteristics of the handling and uh, where the the mass of the, the weight is in the car. So if you have, like, a rear-engine car, you're going to have a, a slightly more oversteery uh, experience, uh, which can be a lot of fun and um, can also yeah be beneficial and on certain types of stages uh then you know moving on to mechanical parts it's um there's a bit of uh, scope there to have a, a slightly different experience as well with um i think it's the, the rally 3 class in particular you can have a naturally aspirated engine which is really cool uh something that revs a bit higher than a turbocharged one um and uh that gives a bit more flexibility um and then in the rally one class you can actually choose between um the the official uh, manufacturer supplied engines as well which is nice um and uh, that also has an influence on whether you're able to tune uh certain parts in the uh, service area uh if you fit a, a more expensive part that will unlock such things uh, as, as that and then the visual customization i think that's the funnest part you know to be able to customize every element of the exterior and the in interior it's something very unique and uh, it reminds me of when you start out on your rally journey in real life you you typically you know build your own car buy a car and you do it up and uh, you build it from scratch and you choose the parts like the seats and the steering wheel that you put in there and it's that that personality that you you put into the car and you get an attachment with it i think that's what this mode gives you it's something that you've invested time in and then you can take it to the stages and try to master uh, that car and, and uh, try to win some events i have to say of all the aspects that are in this mode what you just mentioned there the interior customization that for me is just really cool because that's the sort of thing that games don't often necessarily let you do is really make that step into making something that as you sort of re reference there john is personal to you you can effectively well people could make the same car by chance but the odds of somebody building the same car is basically next to none which i think is just really fun but the rear engine stuff as well um what i like there is that's not something you do in modern rally cars that's not because it's impossible but nobody nobody does that anymore so that's sort of mix of reality and fantasy i think is great it allows people to really sort of express themselves in, in a way not just in their driving style but in by what they're driving as well i guess ross yeah it's funny actually because when we um when we looked at uh, how far we could we could push the rules of the sport we found that there's there was nothing that we could find that was stopping a manufacturer from going out building a, a rear-engined um car homologating it and then entering it into into competition i mean it'd be completely financially disastrous for them to do so and probably very impractical but there's actually nothing in the rules explicitly 
stopping a manufacturer from doing that. So we were like, well, okay, let's let's let the player have that flexibility. Um, and um, I'm trying to remember the details actually, but I think before we arrived at, at the three classes that are in game, we'd looked at whether um, there were some classes that, that would offer the player the option of front wheel drive or rear wheel drive again, because some of the older categories didn't didn't forbid manufacturers from uh, from entering certain configurations. I mean, there would have been a lot of uh, a lot of cost implications and you know probably competition downsides. Um, but um, but yeah, it really was about playing around with this and, and allowing the player to to be free of those um those real world uh kind of financial constraints in in, in that respect and um, it was something we, we we had a lot of fun uh, at the ideas stage um i mean it got uh, it got out of hand very quickly and i think we ended up with something like a million and a half um combinations straight straight out the gate which we um we obviously did have to refine slightly uh, to make it manageable to build um, but uh, yeah it's it's great to see players kind of have that that flexibility and um, something very different to, to add to the title you know as John said earlier we don't think it's been done um, in a in a kind of triple-a motors licensed motorsport game before um, and uh, yeah really really proud of um, of all the work the teams put in across so many different departments and and the feature we've ended up with in the game as a result this might be a difficult question John and actually it might not be one that you necessarily have an accurate answer to but I've just had an immediate thought into my head so I'm going to run with it um, you obviously mentioned how you can effectively well you can build your own configuration that can have certain advantages on certain rallies do you actually think you get to a point where these players could almost become more intelligent than and actually what I shouldn't say more intelligent that's going to offend a lot of people can, can build a car that in certain scenarios is quicker than the actual genuine rally one rally two cars if in the right circumstances what they've built is perfectly honed to to what they're driving so that's it's actually something we took into account and we would never want to, the player to be able to build a frankenstein car that's uh super fast but maybe not the most pretty um uh, <laughs> so yeah we we always um from the outset we wanted to make sure that the vehicle or the builder cars they were um, never faster than the, the licensed cars. They, they're on par. They can be pretty much as fast, but would, they would never be faster. And uh, that's um, yeah what, what we've ended up with. Um, players can, can build a car that's really um, fun to drive. It can set the stage times that they needed to set. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day, they're, they're not going to build a Frankenstein car. I think there was because uh, when the, when all the testing was being done and the kind of automated testing of the performance metrics, I think somebody did find that there was a builder configuration or or, or two where you could get about a one or two percent advantage over um, over the rally one and and um, we were like, okay, that's kind of, that's within the the bounds of acceptability. Um, like like John said, we didn't want them going out there and building uh, something that would absolutely monster the the real um, licensed cars. Um, but so I think there's a really a really good balance has has been struck between them. Um, and hats off to um, to our gameplay design team for for managing that. It was it was no easy task. And um, and yeah, they've they've got it to to exactly where we wanted it to be. So. 
Now, it would be quite awkward, wouldn't it, if you turned up and you had this car that was like one, two seconds a mile faster than anybody else's. Oh, big time. Yeah, and you, you, you know, you do occasionally see that in, in other games. Um, I'm trying, thinking back to one of the Gran Turismos where it had like the Sebastian Vettel designed car in there and it just, just beat everything in the game. And, and I'm sure there was another game where you unlock the Batmobile and uh, it was just <laughs> twice as quick as everything else and we didn't we didn't want to be in that situation no definitely not we've, we've touched a little bit there obviously on creating the car but in terms of playing with it where can you drive it is it available in all modes is it available in select places I guess how can players use the vehicles that they've they've created it's um it's available whatever you build is available across the entire game apart from when we do our esports uh, modes um, and in I think in some multiplayer sessions the host can choose to kind of switch them off if they if they want everyone to be on a completely even keel um, but other than that you can you can use them everywhere and that was something that was really important to us was we didn't want to just funnel you down into into one mode like you can only use these in career um because they are they are a lot of fun to build and and drive so we wanted to offer that flexibility uh, for people to take them out in time trial or the the quick play um competitions um oh we don't use them in moments either actually because obviously that's so heavily uh, inspired um by by real life um events um but yeah other other than that um yeah use them use them wherever you fancy the other thing is we've we've used configurations of the builder cars as the rally school vehicles which has been uh something really useful actually because we were like which what manufacturer do we choose to use for rally school and we're like oh we'll just build our own uh so yeah <laughs> good, that that's was, a good um, point yeah you get yourself yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a hole there potentially yeah <laughs> so um yeah we've got our own rally school and our own car for the, the player to drive yeah, it did make life a bit smoother actually, because obviously um, with uh, with with some of the cars in the game, you know, we're we're kind of contractually bound to treat various manufacturers equally, um, and then in other parts of the game, you always end up with this thing of. Oh, well, if we use such and such a car from such and such a manufacturer, that'll take this many weeks for them to approve it. Or if we use this other car instead, then oh, that, that's not an ideal one for the player to drive. And, you you know, you, you go round and round in circles sometimes. So being able to use our own vehicles and approve them ourselves was, <laughs> uh, was really handy for rally schools, for sure. You have got some genuine parts for these building modes as well i'm thinking specifically the interior customization i've seen certain brands on the seats and steering wheels and stuff like that so you are still working with with partners and oems and people for this mode as well yeah so um when we uh when we dreamt up the mode um we uh, john what's the name of the rally parts catalog that uh Yes, so we had a Demon Tweaks catalogue. It's a free, free shout out there. Uh, <laughs> so other, other parts catalogues are available. Um, we, um, we had one of those on the desk and we were basically like, let's put the entire catalogue in the game and the player can choose from everything. Um, and that was very quickly deemed uh, not a viable plan. Um, so we... Um, we, we ended up including real parts where they were a partner of um, of WRC or they were um, a partner of uh, of Codemasters um, or the game. So, 
yeah, kind of key uh, key brands um, who who we worked with are, are are featured, and I think from each of the Rally One uh, manufacturers, we have their engines um, represented um, with with real branding. Um, yeah, so it was. Um, yeah, it, it it altered throughout development what what level of uh, of brand integration we were going to have, but uh, it was great to have the support of the um, of the partners we did work with, and of course things like um, the seats. You know, we were provided with uh, a CAD reference to build those and steering wheels as well. And in fact, the Fanatec M Sport steering wheel. Um, I I remember the day the uh, the CAD turned up for that and uh, the excitement. Um, in the in the vehicle art team, so it's great to feature little um, little things like that. Um, and then the most beautiful surprise has been uh, how much love there's been for the uh, the skull gear stick knob. <laughs> Seems to be every video I watch, people are, are, are using that, which is fantastic. I, I have seen that, and it does kind of remind me a little bit of if you're not from the UK, this might get lost a bit but the Halfords tuning culture of cars. And I, I like that a lot. It's a nice personal touch. I thought a lot of 17, 18 year olds in particular are gonna love that. <laughs> it's what you do. I think um, I think someone in the office 3D printed one as well at, at some point. I'm sure I saw a picture of that on uh, on Slack. So yeah, people have, people have had a lot of fun with that, which is great. I have to say though, the more I talk to you two, the more I think you just have the best job in the world. Now, People probably say that about me in the way that I'm lucky and I get to do lots of cool things. But as ever, you'll have your stresses. But a day of work that goes through a catalogue picking parts to go into this game of building cars is just cool, quite frankly. I'm a bit jealous. I mean, can I have a job? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, like, like you say, you know, you do you do have your stresses. The, the days when uh, you get to do something fun like that, or rather uh, John and the other designers get to do something fun like that um, is, is great. Um, because for every day you have like that, you'll have another day where you're just dealing with kind of bug report tickets, fixing those and doing admin and sorting out emails and blah, 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 all the boring stuff. So uh, yeah, you've got to, uh, you do you do relish um, relish the fun days. And I, I'm sure it's the same uh, same for you. You, you, you get your, your fun days doing uh, podcast recordings and then you'll have a day of, of paperwork to balance that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's how life works, isn't it? Unfortunately, you can't have everything good all the time. Um, speaking of everything good, John, just I guess a, a final point I really want to raise on builder mode is, and we've talked about it already. This personalization and customizability and stuff. But I'm curious about you, John. What have you created so far in builder mode? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I I've created a rally one car, a rally three car uh but yeah it's it's one of those things um you try to build something that maybe is what your flavor of, of rallying is all about you know um i try to create something that reminds me of the cars maybe that i started with or the ones that i always uh inspired to to drive or get my hands on so um but that's the beautiful thing about the mode is that you can create all these different variations and i think Every time that I went into builder mode during development, I always build something slightly different with a slightly different flavor. And uh, that's um, that's the beautiful thing that you can just have 
a different car every time. Um, and then when you when you put on top of that the livery editor, uh, you can really create something totally personalized. Um, so it usually ends up being a Rally 3 car. Uh, it's yellow because that's my favorite color for rally cars. I think I've had three three yellow rally cars. Uh, I've, but my most recent has been orange, so I've been toying between yellow and orange. Um, so yeah, it usually ends up being a Rally 3 car and it's it's yellow or orange. That's a bright color palette though. You'll stand there <laughs> on the stage is one of yeah. those. Yeah, dri so. dri dri driving around like something out of Hot Wheels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just one final thing actually has popped to my head. Um, is there a limit on how many cars you can build? Or is it essentially you want to build something else, you build it? There is a limit. We had to put a limit in the um, in the kind of the save game size. Um, oh, I'm racking my brain as to what it was. I feel like it was just north of 20, or maybe it was 20. Well, well um, but, but that that's still loads of spaces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't, we sadly, we couldn't let you sort of build an infinite number and, and, and fill your hard drive. Uh, so we did, uh, <laughs> we did have to put a bit of a cap on it somewhere. But yeah, plenty of um, plenty of space there for people to have fun and build loads of them. Now, I want to hear a cheer if you're prepared for a very tenuous link here. Go on and try us. That was a very disappointing cheer, but I'll, you know what? I'll let you off. It's it's morning recording, so no one's feeling your way. <laughs> um, not enough coffee yet. <laughs> not enough coffee, exactly. John mentioned yellow. Um, yellow reminds me of Seats. Seats are historic rally cars, and there's plenty of those in this game. How about that? That was beautiful. You wouldn't have known. Seamless. That was, a, yeah. that was a glorious segue. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you very much. <laughs> but this is something I think that it greatly excites everybody. And I remember when all the different teaser clips coming out about the game, there was lots of hype about oh, what cars are going to include in it. And the one that sticks out to me, and we actually did talk about this briefly before, that the Seat Code of a WRC. What a curveball. But there's so many other cars that are in this game. I've, I mean, it's 78 in total, right? I've not sat and worked out the difference between historic and modern. I don't know if you have that to hand, but I'm going to guess it's at least nudging or potentially over 50 historic cars you've got in here, which is a crazy amount of cars to have in a game. I think we have 10 modern competitions, so WRC um, 2 and Junior, and then I think it's 68 historics wow just uh, i'm desperately trying to remember what i wrote uh in, <laughs> in all the presentations i did it but yeah i think that's how it breaks down yeah and um just to really confuse issues uh anything that is 2021 or older counts as a historic <laughs> <laughs> yeah in, in most modern contexts that isn't the case but we'll let you off in, in <laughs> the gaming world but i, I think for me there's obviously some cars that have never been in Cold Masters <clears throat> EA Sports rally games before. I'm thinking specifically the Nova, which I know John is a car that's very close to you. Actually, both of you, I think, wasn't it? If I remember yep. correctly from the Love last it. episode. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some cars that are obviously returning from, from older games, but really simply, how do you go about deciding what cars to include? Because I guess the thing you're going to always do is someone's going to turn around and go, why haven't you done this car? And you cannot include every single rally car there's ever been. That just isn't feasible. So how do you actually go about selecting the class structure, what cars you include and stuff? Try to think back to where we started with this game. Um, but 
we essentially looked at uh, the, the the pile of cars we had in Dirt Rally 2 and we went, right, do we want to bring all of those across or are there any we want to get rid of? Um, and so we looked through all the use player usage data for all of those and there were a few that we, um, we took out because they were so underused and it was like well I kind of get the impression that no one really wants these ones in um so we ditched those but but brought the rest um across and when i say brought them across it makes it sound very easy and um, but the vehicle art team had to go back to every single vehicle um and um i suppose up up res is the the easiest way to describe it but that that underplays the volume of work in there they basically had to to make sure that everything was up to scratch and um, for for generation five consoles and um, because that really two had only been on generation four um so um all the work involved in that bring them up to spec uh we then looked at kind of it was a, a wish list and i mean the wish list must have been 30 or 40 cars where everybody in the game design team the gameplay handling team and everyone was allowed to you know chuck on this list whatever you think would be cool to include in the game um and so once we had the the kind of the long list there it was then up to me to go through um the list with our licensing um team and say well what do you think is actually feasible that we can get here um because you know there are there are one or two um manufacturers in the world that are, are, are much more difficult um or impossible to license compared to others um, and so once we'd kind of whittled off the impossible ones um, it was then a case of going to the um, the art team establishing what our kind of our budget was um, you know how many cars can we build in, in, in the time allowed with the people we've got um, and then also was a, a reference model or, or materials available for every single car because we have in the past, um, so way back in the day, vehicles were always built just using photo reference. Um, and that is obviously an incredibly uh, time intensive process and, um, and not 100% accurate all the time. So then we moved into a phase um, on some of our games where we would use laser scanning to, to scan some of the vehicles, um, which speeds up the process no end and then uh, use photography reference on top of that. And then for the, the very modern um, uh, vehicles, often manufacturers will give us their CAD data, which again, speeds up the process uh, even further and yields higher quality results. So for every car that had made it through the, the resource list, it was where can we source one of these from to either scan it, photograph it, or, or, or get the CAD. And so the, the list kind of gets gets whittled down um, quite um, quite heavily, um, but we have a fantastic network of um, of contacts of, of vehicle owners, and so um, sourcing uh, sourcing vehicles was was actually went a bit smoother um, than we thought. I think the one that was most elusive, I'm trying, I'm sure the Vauxhall Astra was one that. We did end up going quite some distance for there was like there was a couple in the UK but we struggled to um, to hunt them down but um, yeah we we um, as I say very lucky to have people in the company who who know where to find these things and um, and so we did uh, we did did find what we wanted in the end um, and John I'm trying to remember was there any other snippets of 
of gossip of ones that we struggle to find or yeah there's definitely been a couple where it's almost we just had to to let go um as ross said you know not every car is uh likesable um you might struggle to get the reference or there might be some other sort of uh, hurdle that just stops us being able to, to have that car that we ought, that we wanted uh so there's definitely a few of those that we can't say but um yeah it's it's a, it's a shame because it's a, it's almost a bit like what what happened with some real life cars like the the polo which we actually have in game that didn't race in real life it's a bit like that for us where we've started to actually build cars and then we just have to let them go so it's quite sad but I'm happy to say we've got plenty of good cars in the game and um, you know 78 cars in total uh, a lot of historic cars that people are really loving um, I think it's it's very important for us uh, given our history with uh, Dirt Rally and Colin McRae series to, to have those historic cars it's something that we've always done and it's nostalgia it's something that puts people back in uh, you know their childhood when they were watching rally growing up or going to spectate on rallies when they're a bit older um, so it just gives them the chance to, to sort of relive those those memories and when you pair that with with our moments uh, mode you can play through some of those uh, iconic moments as well with those cars and that's where the the, the long list of historic cars really pays off for us is, is to to go into a feature like that as well yeah it really does um, oh sorry your, your mention of the polo actually has reminded me of that was that, that there was there is a little bit of a story to that one um we we never thought uh, that you know that was ever going to see the light of day um but it was um volkswagen motorsport um reached out to us um and said um we'd love we'd love to get it in one of your games let's let's make it happen um, and so we had um, had loads of meetings and they were, you know they were they were absolutely brilliant in in terms of sorting it out for us but then when it came to um to building it we they were like okay we've got um it was only ever i think there was two that ever existed one sat in the foyer of uh of um vw motorsports and the other one had been like stripped for parts i think um and uh, it said, okay, you can come and do um, any photo reference, any scanning you need. We'll give you all the CADs. And um, it's like, oh, brilliant. This is, this is absolutely everything we need. And then we were like, right, now we need to do the audio recording. So um, we'll, need, um, we'll, we'll, we'll need it running um, at a kind of competition pace. And the answer came back like, oh, no, it doesn't run. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> we took we took everything out um so no no chance if you if you want it to run then with like four weeks of engineering work yeah we get it running at kind of like road pace but but um no not a, not a competition pace um so i i i can't i can't remember how that one ended up um but um the audio team i think did work with them to get um all of their uh, all of the the, the the correct audio for it and it was um yeah it was a really interesting car to be part of the kind of the negotiations for and then like we for weeks and weeks and weeks the team didn't even know about it like i had like one secret picture of it um from a call <laughs> i'd been on with them which i couldn't show to anyone on the team until we got the official reference pack um and and yeah it's little things like that that make it a real uh, a real joy to make rally games you know you get to see little secrets from um from around uh from around the world of the sport and um 
yeah gives gives nice little tales to tell <laughs> that's a really nice anecdote and actually a proper behind the scenes look at what you guys have to say have to go through make this like it's a chore but like, you know what i mean like the process in getting all of this over the line but that was one of the cars when i remember seeing the full car list that was like wow I was like, fair play, they managed to get this thing in there. And I think a lot of people were very, very excited to try it because, as you say, it's one of those cars that the world will never know how good it was going to be. We can all make our assumptions, we can make our guesses, but nobody ever got the chance to, to use it. So it was, it was certainly not something I expected to see on the list, but I was very glad that it did make it along. We love to, love, love to put little, little surprises in, uh, in the early morning. I guess across the rest of the classes there's some more predictable cars shall we say cars that are in or have been in quite a lot of rally games i'm thinking particularly the group b stuff but they're classics but what i really like about the group b class is at least for me personally john i don't think i've ever driven or had to think about how much i'm driving these cars before like and older games shall we say where maybe technology wasn't quite as strong and everything you would drive them and they'd be fast but they'd be fast and that was it with this, and particularly with the turbo lag, you really have to think and adjust your driving style to get the most out of it. And I think that's probably an interesting and maybe underappreciated part of the amount of different historic cars we've got in this game, is that each one, just like all the, the modern cars, requires a very different sort of finesse and style to get the best out of it. Yeah, 100%. I think every car has its, its own character, and that's something that the... The vehicle handling team have always put in a big effort is to research every car individually. Uh, I was talking to, to one of the, the handling um, chaps who, who sets up the cars and I was just p picking his brains a bit like the process behind it. And he's saying like he'll, he'll scour the internet and, you know, maybe five, seven different websites to find, uh, you know, all the spec of those older cars where it's a bit harder to find the spec. So it's um it's hunting down the spec across the internet and um, on books and uh talking to people and listening to driver interviews from that period to, to hear the things of you know the characteristics of a stage post um stage interview like what the the driver was struggling with did they have some understeer is the car you know has it got a particular character and um, watching loads of videos uh and then Working with people like Ryan Champion, who's one of our handling um, consultants, is really invaluable because he's driven a lot of those older cars also. Uh, so he's able to help set them up and, and give them their character. And uh, yeah, I think you can really feel that uh, when when you hop in and drive those older cars compared to the more modern ones. Um, and it's down to the flexibility we have in our, our tools and systems as well that we've built over the years. You know, for this game, we've added new drivetrain technology we've added even better aerodynamics um so all of those layers when you add them together and, and between the different car eras uh you, you start to have this big difference in in the character between them and um, you know like a modern wrc car uh, has a lot of aerodynamics uh the suspension is fantastic it, it soaks up every bump uh if you go back to something a bit older like you say with the group b cars they're they're a bit more raw uh, the suspension doesn't have the same capabilities um on on travel and absorbing the bumps so 
you have to be a little bit more careful over certain terrain and expect the car to maybe kick out a bit more than the modern cars and the, the turbo lag like you said you have to anticipate that to select the correct gear uh, but at the end of the day it's just it's the it's the passion that we have in our team to, to you know get it as close to the real thing and for players to hop into the game and feel like they're they're behind the wheel of that real life car uh, you know that's everything through the the car art um, through the sound the visuals the handling everything's giving the player the feedback that they they need to make it feel like they're actually driving that car so yeah it's a it's a lot of work a lot of experience um, but I'd say you know we from that experience we've got our processes to to make sure that we do a good job and um, yeah we're really happy with with uh, how the cars feel to drive in this game yeah I'd say that work is definitely appreciated at least for for me one of the things I love the most about playing I guess any kind of racing game but a rally game in particular is the how do I word this I guess the challenge of getting on top of the car you're driving because if there's maybe five to ten cars in the game you can get to that peak in each one very quickly because you've got less cars to get through for want of a better phrase but with so many different cars to try and get on top of it's effectively like endless playtime but it's where I find myself really losing hours of my life it's just jumping into these things and trying them out in different ways and I'm not embarrassed enough to say actually that you know when you you'll like watch a, like a car review on YouTube or something and you'll have the presenter just gets really excited and makes some inaudible sort of sounds of joy I <laughs> did that when driving was it I can't remember where it was the Escort Maxi kit car which for me has been a real gem actually I was expecting to be all about the Astra which I think everybody is but the Escort there I say is actually my favourite in that kit car class at the minute but it was some tarmac stage, might have been Monte Carlo, and I just, I felt on top of it, which John, you know, you saw my driving when I came down there. It's taken me quite mm -hmm. a while to get to that point, but it is, it's very immersive, um, and, as, and as we've talked about, each car has their, their own character, but it's fascinating to me to know that the team is going to that kind of length, to genuinely listen to interviews from drivers at the time, to understand the, the quirks of each car, that's properly cool, and as you say, passionate for everybody involved. Yeah, 100%. I think it's it's just down to that passion and uh, it's a lot of work and um, <clears throat> yeah, we really see that, uh, you know, when you when you hop into each car, they feel so different and uh, you do have to, you know, find how to drive them and, you know, what's the correct driving style to get on top of it and uh, it can take you a few hours to really find the right uh, style to get on top of that car and, you know, to get the most out of it and feel like you're really taking it to the edge um i think that's that's what gives me the the same sensations of real life is when you you know you start to drive a car and uh you know you're trying to find out you know where where can i do better with this you know can i kind of carry a higher gear through the slower corners um you know how much can i push the tire uh, how far can i push and uh before you know you start to slip and you've gone too far so yeah it's um it's something we worked a lot really hard on and i'm glad that uh, you know people like you look have really uh enjoyed the the feeling of driving all those historic cars and um yeah it's uh, it's something that we really enjoy also 
Fair play to you as well there, John, because I kind of did a bit of monologue and left you without a question, so you recovered that quite well. So <laughs> apologies for that. I made you feel guilty when I said I hadn't really asked him anything there, bless him. Um, but Ross, I will actually give you a proper question. I won't be as mean to you. Um, we've talked about, I guess, lots of the, dare I call them, headline cars, and I think, again, I'm, I'm making broad assumptions here, but the things I've seen on the internet in particular, I think there's been a lot of hype around Formula 2 kit cars, but the Super 1600 cars in here, there's the the Colin McRae, I forget what the class name is, you can jump in and save me here, but the sort of Group Any, Colin McRae, Alpha, Subaru stuff, there's a mixture of basically everything that's ever been in rallying over time, isn't there? Yeah, there is. You know, we, we, we sort of sometimes describe the vehicle lineup as a history book of rallying, um, and part of that is making sure we've not just captured top flight WRC cars that we've we've represented um you know what people are using in, in kind of national um competition as as well um so yeah this the spread is is quite incredible and um yeah some of the ones off the beaten track i mean we added the uh, ford puma in the um super 1600s um which is is gone down really well and is actually a real treat to drive um i remember doing like a play test using it um in croatia just having to do run after run after run for like half a day um and you know that was a car that really really came alive for me um i'd looked at buying uh, a, a second hand road going one years and years ago and just could not find one anywhere that didn't have the rear wheel arches rusted to death um so it was nice to nice to drive one in uh, in good nick um and then yeah in that uh in that nr4 r4 class um i think did we included the mitsubishi galant in that class as well didn't we john oh that's um, in uh group a class um but we have oh, an right, evo okay. evo 10 in the nr4 class and a subaru impreza as well and then we moved did we and then the McRae r4 i can't remember if we left it in that class or moved it out depending it, on it moved into that class yeah, yeah. Into that. this was during, during the tail end of development when all of the the balancing work was being done by the guys there was sort of like three or four cars that moved around um and i just i started to lose track of of, of what was what was going there thank goodness you guys were uh with the gameplay team were firmly uh in charge of that and and got it all sorted um but uh you know that 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 goes to show the dedication of the team as well that um the guys who were doing all of the uh all of the ai benchmarking runs and and all of the the vehicle design would constantly be cropping up and saying oh well i think this vehicle is out of place in this class i think it you know it's um there's a car in this class that's not as competitive we should move this here you know the the the, um the game will be better as a result people will have a more competitive class to to race in um and you know it's that um it's that knowledge passion and, and and dedication to improving the game that, that really pushes things on and led to the to the really high quality um, game that, that that came out i have to say james i don't think there's too much more that i need to ask you other than i'm going to do something that we did the first time but in a smaller scale and at the end of the podcast not the start this time so you've had no time to prepare for it which i like it puts you on the spot um i was mean to john earlier by accident so i'll be mean to you ross <laughs> to start with and it's a bit of a cliche one but 
right now you've got half an hour spare. We've granted you half an hour off work. You're going to load up the A-Sports Dubra, so you're going to drive one of these historic cars. Which are you jumping into? Oh, well, I mean, so la- last time I told you the Nova, didn't I? Um, and yeah, that's it's, it lives strong in my heart. But I'm I'm just, I'm going to go with that Super Sixteen Hundred Puma. Like it sounds great, it drives great. It's not so bonkers that I lose it at the first damp corner. Um, it's a really um, really drivable car, really enjoyable. Um, and yeah, so there we go. That's that's my choice. Uh, mine's based on recent experience in that I done one of the moments with the Citroen Zara WRC, and uh, uh, it was a Monte Carlo stage. I think it was a I think it was a Colin McRae inspired moment. Uh, and just I was I was enjoying that experience so much so. If I was going to boot the game up right now, sat here in my rig, I'd probably uh, hop in and, and drive that car some more. I think it's just the noise and yeah, the, how it felt driving it. It just puts you right in, right in the moment of uh, what it felt to be like uh, maybe Sebastian Loeb or, or Colin McRae. I, re- I really hope that uh, if you you win an in-game event, you will go full Loeb and do a backflip out of your racing chair. <laughs> that might that might uh, end in a in a rather bad injury for me. <laughs> I may put some pillows on the floor just in case. Do it, do it. We'll find you a crash mat. We'll film it. We'll upload it to the internet. <laughs> Perfect. You've just found yourself your next social clip, guys. That's excellent. And I, I can confirm as well. Obviously, it is a podcast. John is right now sitting in his chair with his mic that's where his microphone's set up so he is basically ready to go so I think he's, he's taking just, it too literally and he's, he's he lives he's in it yeah. he just he's you know he's, he just changes his clothes and gets back in the racing chair day by day yeah. <laughs> I'm actually chained to it by Ross uh, so <laughs> he just keeps me here uh, a little bit of food comes every now and again <laughs> perfect to be fair do you know what if I could do that that's exactly what I'd be doing that is what I'd be doing John and I have had conversations about me trying to get this kind of setup and I'm trying to work out if it's the sort of financial decision that's going to go down well in my household I'm not sure it would but sometimes you've got to treat yourself haven't you that, that's the way to look at life just we'll buy see. it throw a bed sheet over it and then deny all knowledge of it like what's that over there uh, a budgerigar <laughs> <laughs> oh very good well John Ross thank you very much for your time EA Sports WRC is of course still available to buy on Xbox, Playstation and PC so make sure you get your copy if you haven't already I need to get myself into builder mode as I say I've been saving it as a special present I'm always more excited about it now hearing about the different quirks and what I can do so we'll see if my considerable lack of talent will translate into decent-ish stage times across the classes but boys thank you very much and we'll chat to you next time Thanks for having us. Speak to you soon. Thank you.